Hi, and welcome to Icon Underground Radio for the week of February 24th, 2016. Uh, this is Jen. And Alex. And David. Well, it's it's been a slow news week. Who would have thought that would happen after Toy Fair week? I know. <laughs> You'd think that everyone would, like, have saved all their exciting stuff for the, the week after Toy Fair. Uh, no. There's there's not very much very exciting, but there is one thing that is not news but is exciting, and that's that there is a new episode of Robots in Disguise the cartoon. Yay! Yay! It's back. Uh, it's really really early in the morning. They're actually airing it. Yeah, yeah. It's not not at a good time. What is it like six thirty in the morning? Yeah, that is the trans. That is the traditional Transformers death slot. I guess, yeah. It's I, I don't even remember waking up that early as a child, powered by purely cereal, to watch cartoons. I I remember that during the Tommy Kennedy season uh, of Transformers, I remember getting up at like 5.30 in the morning, but no one else in my house was up. I mean, I would just sit like a foot from the TV with my cat, who was also watching, you know, stuff fly across the screen. I don't remember there being anything on that early on the rare occasions I'd be up at like 6.30. It would, well... Like, not on Saturdays anyway. Like, weekdays there'd be like uh, Beast Wars reruns and Sailor Moon reruns, but... Yeah, you know, it... Saturday? It, nothing. No. Not, well, sitting around watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 waiting for the cartoons to come on. Occasionally they would have things really early, but they were odd things. Like, I remember actually getting up... Maybe it was even at 5.30 or 6.00. It was something really early for an Ultraman series that was aired. Ultraman Towards the Future. That was the only thing that got me up that early. (laughs) It's it's pretty much always required Transformers to get me out of bed that early. But uh, especially, you know, in the days of VCRs. But but, yeah, but now we have DVRs, so we we watched it whenever we felt like it. Yay, time shifting. It's it's just like VCRs, except with better video quality. Well, they're easy to program. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it was impressive when I taught myself to program our family's VCR. But, uh, yes, so that's that's how exciting the news is this week. That that's how excited we are over yeah. a new episode of uh, Robots in Disguise. Uh, there are some new toy pictures of toys that we already pretty much saw at Toy Fair, but we've got, like, art of them. Uh, there's some art of uh, Brainstorm's actual box. It's, yeah. it's very exciting. Yeah, most uh, of the stuff was like just production models of like Hard Head and Skull Cruncher and some other things. It's like stuff we'd seen, just more of it, except for the. I think. No, Brainstorm wasn't at the Toy Fair, was it? No. No, I do not believe Brainstorm was being shown off there. No, but we oh, saw like so. a fuzzy picture before that or something. But now, now we actually have art of it. Yeah. Box uh, art is yeah. like the, one of the last gasp leaks of Leaker Guy. Who I'm not going to dignify <laughs> well, with his real name. Yeah, well, <laughs> it doesn't have a name. It's Leaker Guy. Whatever. Yeah, and, and Figure King in Japan did uh, show off pictures, the like completely grayscale prototype type pictures of uh, Skull Cruncher and Hardhead. Uh, Skull Cruncher, we did get a pretty great look at. He's, he's not nearly as fun without his colors. No. He needs to be bright green and, and the, like purple pink, pink. Yeah. magenta. Yeah, and Hardhead was at the uh, Toy Fair. Yeah. So and and they were actually in color there, so that makes this even more yes. anticlimactic. <laughs> kind yep. of. You see him from different angles with without a blur. 
Yay! I mean, uh, done up in gray primer is a good look for toys. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It was just I. I think one of the things that really got me, and I think I mentioned this last week, one of the things that really struck me about that Big Titans Returns display was that it was so colorful and so bright. Oh yeah, it's like so, looking at a bag of Skittles. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, this is sort of like, eh. I mean, I guess, yeah, that's some toys. But in, in general, it is a good look. But I did really like the colors they actually used. Yeah, it's... Uh, others, speaking of colors, there were pictures, well, there was art, actually, of uh, what appears to be some San Diego Comic-Con stuff that's going to be coming up. Uh, it's really just another... It's, it's a recolored Windblade, but it seems to be... David, if you're the one who who really looked into this, if you want to elabor- yeah. elaborate, but it looks like the robots in disguise one. Yeah, after last week comparing pictures of of the the new Windblade to to the old Windblade, it it looks like in the art it's robots in disguise Windblade repainted with more blue instead of the other because it's got lines and a circle on her chest and, and the edges of the wings are different. Yeah, she does have those very sort of pointy wing yeah. corners. And then the other one is Brainstorm and an exciting blue. Yeah. A bright cyan, more periwinkle. Yeah. Yes. It's it's a different blue. I mean, I would have called him, like, teal before. Uh, yeah. Sometimes muted and grayish teal, but yeah. Yeah. Whereas now he's, this this is definitely much more blue. It's, It's very exciting. Maybe with two deluxes. They could keep the the price of the set below a hundred dollars. Yeah, well, there's also a bit of Sentinel Prime in the picture, I think. Oh, yeah, there's some kind of fist or something in his head, and a guy's head on the left hand side of the frame. Ah, yeah, I see that eye. And in the distance, so, a probably giant... a three pack. Yeah, probably a three pack with in the distance a giant sword in hand of Fortress Maximus. It'll probably also be a Comic Con. Yeah, they're, I mean, they did, they seem to have done well enough with the Comic-Con Metroplex that it would not be at all a surprise if they and, did a Comic-Con for Max. And the Devastator. Yes, also the Devastator. A bunch of little dudes. Nerds Space. with a lot of disposable income go to San Diego to ship expensive stuff they could have gotten on Amazon a few months later home. <laughs> what? Yes. That's, that's the fun of it, I sure, guess. It wasn't that bad, really. How much more? But, but yeah, it's more interesting because... We're getting a brainstorm, but I already have an IDW brainstorm, so a brainstorm. Yeah, I really like that brainstorm we got as a Voyager. Yeah, yeah so a brainstorm that, that's partially blue and darker gray to black, it'll be different. I can give him somebody else's head. <laughs> you can pretend he's someone else entirely. Because yeah, we're getting heads on their own, so. You can make him an original character. Yeah. If he comes with a briefcase, I might have to buy him. Ah, uh, I don't know. It's not in the picture, but that would be nice. That would be great. I'm sure someone out there on Shapeways or something has a a, a briefcase for the Voyager one. Yeah, oh. if there isn't, I should do that myself. Yeah, because the one we already have has open hands, and it would be easier for him to hold the briefcase. That's <laughs> very important. Although in the artwork, he does appear to be reaching out to grab one, Pat Lee style. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see that. Yeah, he's got that. He's got the old Pat Lee grabby hands. Yeah, that does seem to be coming back in some recent art, the, the, the grabbing for things. 
At least it's more dynamic poses than squatting. Yes. Not Uh, not squatting. They're usually just flying now, but we're still getting the, give me that pose. (laughs) At least Windblade is like she's grabbing onto the edge of something. And she appears to be slipping based on the sparks and scratches she's leaving. Yeah. Yeah, which is odd because, you know, she can fly, so... It's not like gravity is would be. I don't know. I don't know how flying works with. I don't think anyone knows how flying works with transformers. <laughs> no. Well, if you're a Decepticon, you can fly, and if you're an Autobot, you can't unless you have a vehicle mode that lets you fly. And even then, only in vehicle mode. Like if a- you're an Autobot, it depends. <laughs> yeah, unless it's the first five episodes of the series. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that they sort of sorted that out uh, after the very beginning of the cartoon. Though it, it, <laughs> they got to Energon where you could just drive through space. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> kind of adorable, but it didn't really make a lot of sense like a lot of Energon. Anyway. It did slightly better in Cybertron where there had to be like space bridges to drive on at least. But. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that that seems to be a hint at what we're, uh, what what people with large amounts of disposable income are getting at Comic Con. Uh, speaking of conventions, our last bit of news is that there have been some big convention guests announced. Uh, it looks like Stan Bush will once again be appearing at BotCon. And Vindicola, although I think and, and Vindicola, <gasps> Uncle Vince. Yeah. Yay. Uh, so that's, I, I don't know if, it would be pretty great if Vince put out another CD, but I don't know if they're, like, you know, through the convention, but I don't think Fun Pub is actually interested in that sort of ridiculous side paraphernalia. Yeah. Uh, the other one is that Frank Welker, the notoriously hard-to-schedule Frank Welker, uh, has agreed to be at TFCon Toronto this summer. Nifty. So... Wasn't he at, was it BotCon he was at, like, last year? I believe so, yeah. It was a recent one, if not last year. But so, you know, they maybe... They played it up as a big deal with the VIP packages and stuff. Yeah, of course they did. So maybe he decided, you know, he tried it, and he liked the whole convention thing. It's nice being recognized once a year. <laughs> yeah, having people... Well, as soon as he talks to someone, you realize he's Freddy. But <laughs> apart from that, yeah. So, uh... It so, yeah. doesn't look like Freddy, though, so you're just kind of throughout the entire conversation, it would just be, where do I know that voice from, instead of <laughs> recognizing him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John Stevenson was at a, a BotCon a while back, and he had that sort of thing where he just his speaking voice was just Mr. Slate from the Flintstones, <laughs> and it was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yes, that's that's our exciting news. Any other news? I don't think there is any other news. No. I, I have a horrible pun in my head, and I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you call the lemon-lime version of the Transformers music score? What do you call it? Vince Uncola. <laughs> <laughs> We've done worse. So, yes, uh, we have an exciting new season of Robots in Disguise, which... Pretty much just feels exactly like the last season, except now they have Grandpa Prime with them. Oh, Grandpa. Yeah, oh, I, I have not finished last season. I did watch the premiere of this season, and I feel like I'm mostly caught up. Yeah. As a result, yeah. Prime is Grandpa instead of Ghost. 
has whatever power he used to MacGuffin away the bad guy from last season ripped out of him. And now he is the uh, old Bruce to Bumblebee's Batman Beyond Terry McGinnis. Oh, Which yeah. appropriate. Well, yeah, only only it's old Bruce who wants to be in the field still. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll lead the away mission. Oh, oh, Grandpa's Grandpa's legs hurting him. Oh, <laughs> hang on, hang on. I'll 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 lead the party though. Give me a sec. Oh, <laughs> take take some leave. The daring mountain rescue as Grandpa dangles from a ledge. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's break down the recap. Uh, the episode starts with everybody just basically hanging out at the junkyard as they do. It's been a couple weeks, as we find out, uh, as Bumblebee mentioned, since they fought Megatronus. Nothing much is really going on. Uh, Strongarm is fangirling over Optimus Prime, uh, having him tell her, you know, stories of great past deeds. And I, I thought, you know, it, it was interesting. Sideswipe, Sideswipe calls Optimus Prime Pops, <laughs> and Optimus Prime is having none of it. <laughs> yeah. Which actually finally endeared Sideswipe to me. <laughs> it just, I always, I don't know, Prime always seemed more easygoing than that to me, but I suppose Prime Prime has always been a little more rigid. Stiff. <laughs> Good at the speeches <laughs> and very stiff. Yeah, he's kind of humorless in Prime, and I haven't seen as much of him in this series, but it seems to continue through that. Well, he hasn't but this, I personally interpreted him as He's being a dick to Strongarm. And kind of to me, too. Excuse to chew him out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of. I, I do. It did put me in mind of that bit. And, uh, you know, there was like the whole bit in Prime right before he, he turned, they turned him back into Orion Pax, where they had to establish why that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and like Raph, I think. Like, hey, Optimus, you want to hear something funny? Optimus just goes, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just matter of fact, not being mean about it. I uh, I also kind of love that immediately after telling Sideswipe, you will refer to me as Optimus or Optimus Prime. Mm. He calls him something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sideswipe has no reverence. He's just he's a jerk. So of I mean, course, he says, sir, but it's like he just told you you have two options. You don't choose a third. <laughs> You don't decide, sir, is okay. So Strongarm beats him up. Yeah, it's, it's like any progress those two made at not hating each other is completely gone. Everyone's reset this season. Yeah, uh-huh. I I mean, I've said before, I feel that's kind of a weakness of the show as a whole, is that everything sort of resets. It's, it's a very status quo kind of show. Uh, so they, they knock over a pod, which fix it. Helpfully reminds us has cyclone minicons. <laughs> toy alert! New toy alert! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there, there's a little bit of a fuss, and then for some reason, <laughs> my Cronus my Cronus uh, Prime, uh, some one of the thirteen primes, uh, during the brief bits that we saw in the previous season of Optimus Prime being in sort of the afterlife, astral plane kind of spirit realm. I don't know, home for infinite losers. <laughs> he he was involved in sort of preparing Prime to, to go back and fight Megatronus. Uh, so he's someone that, you know, we, we've seen before, albeit briefly. 
But somehow his ghost head shows up just on Grimlock. Yeah, I don't understand. What, is it showing up in the reflective shine on his hide? What? Why? Maybe. It, it doesn't make that sense was... to me. He just... He, he shows up at weeks later after they've defeated Megatronus to say to Optimus Prime, hey, you know those powers you borrowed from the other Primes? We need them back. Yeah. Why couldn't you pick him up before? What? It almost killed him getting those powers put into him. Yeah, so? It'll probably do the same going back. Yeah, so? <laughs> yeah, and, and like, uh, which one is it? I think uh, Rusty is like, that isn't helpful. And then Micronus just disappears. <laughs> like, wow. Micronus disappears, and then uh, Optimus just starts levitating in midair and convulsing. Yes. It's just like, it's, it's, he specifically calls him out on doing that. And he's like, later peeps. I just love that, that he gets, you know, berated for doing this, and then he just disappears. Out of there. So yeah, uh, they talk about how you know Windblade when she showed up last time, uh, she had informed them that there were other Decepticons on Earth. So Drift and Windblade are all like, "Yeah, let's go." I don't know on a Japanese field trip or something. We're stealthy. We're fast. We can go take care of the international ones while you guys stay here and make sure we don't need to make that many more background scene assets. <laughs> yes, uh, I. I was kind of sad that Drift and Windblade did not actually just GTFO to Japan. <laughs> you know. Well, that could have been Mount Fuji. I oh, I'm pretty sure they specifically said it was the Arctic. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Sideswipe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Mm. But uh, Sideswipe's all like, yeah, I'm fast and stealthy. I'll come with you guys. And then him and Strongarm bicker some more. And yeah. then Primus like, I'll go too. And they're like, hey, wait a minute, Gramps. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, they, they argue that he's behind his back. They argue that, you know, he's he's slow. I mean, even on a good day, he's a big, slow guy. Yeah, and, and you just had energy ripped out of you, and you said it was so painful the first time. Yeah. Take a day off. Take a me day. No, Optimus Prime has to go along and lead the mission. He just felt like a stubborn, slightly... Uh, I don't uh, need all the other Prime's powers. I can still be a big damn hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think of the word. I can't think of the word. It starts with an S. It's like dementia-related. Senile? Senile. Yeah. I know too many words, and so sometimes some of them get pushed to the edges. Yeah, he, he felt... It, it felt... It's not that he felt. It felt like they were treating him like the very stubborn but slightly senile old man. Kind of. Like, they're like, oh, well, let him go, because he really wants to go, but, you know, he's he's just going to get to the grocery store, and then he's going to, like, wet himself, <laughs> and he's going to cause a big scene, <sighs> and, you know, I I know we, we I hate doing this, but he's he's he he demands to go. He won't let us leave him home. <laughs> so that's that's just how it felt. Yeah, that is kind of, and, and yeah, yeah, they should be like more of a military unit in a way. But no, let let, let Grandpa come along because he's the old general. He technically outranks you, so you can't say no, even though you, everybody but him knows it's a horrible idea. Yeah, yeah. 
So, so they let him go, and Sideswipe introduces us to the new running gag of this season, uh, whereas last season it was Bumblebee trying out different, uh, you know, rollout sort of catchphrases. Now it's apparently Sideswipe coming up with names for the away team. Which, it was still a better name than Bumblebee's rollout noise sounds most of the time. Yeah, I guess. I can allow that. Yeah. Uh, so... Prime leads the away team through the ground bridge, which promptly explodes. <laughs> oh, yes, immediately, as soon as they're all through. Yep. Immediately explodes. Setting the entire junkyard on fire. <laughs> Good job. Good job, everyone. Yeah. So, Fix It fusses over the communications, but finally manages to, to get through to them and find out that they made it through safely. Uh, and they are in the Arctic as intended. Yeah, and the reason it broke was because of Grandpa's energies. Yes, as it turns out, they they figure out that it was because something about the way Optimus Prime was resurrected made his energy signatures all funny, and it made their ground bridge short out and explode. So it does make me wonder if they're going to remember the whole thing in Prime where, like, he and Arcee were freezing to death for an episode. <laughs> like, if at some point they're going to address that maybe they aren't equipped for that kind of weather long term. Maybe but next episode. I guess. I guess I we will that. see. Uh, also, as they're as they're moving out, so uh, they detect that it seems to the Decepticon signal seems to be coming from up this mountain in a cave, and so Prime. So I have to go ahead. Sideswipe tries to talk him out of going with them up the mountain. He's like, nope, I'm going to do this. And then his hip, like, starts getting <laughs> stiff and squeaking. Yeah. Because this is apparently the undignified old Optimus show. I'm starting to feel bad for him at this point. Yeah, it's it, it's a new characteristic, but it, it's a characteristic that makes Optimus Prime the annoying one. Yeah, it's it's a new take on Optimus Prime, but it's a very... It's God, an I would angle, say, but it's an annoying shtick for this episode. Yeah, yeah, I I would say as as someone who you know is old enough to have to just bend to the doctor and just be like test everything, <laughs> yeah. I it it's really depressing because yeah. this is you know the childhood hero, and now he's getting old and creaky like our actual parents. Yeah, but the, the problem is he doesn't know enough to stay behind. Yeah. The problem is that, that time is inescapable. Yeah. I also love back at base as they're comically putting out the fire, Bumblebee just coming to the realization that, oh, God, I let them take all of the competent ones. <laughs> Strong arm is... Fairly competent when she's not overdoing it, but yeah, yeah he's got Fix It and Grimlock and the humans, yeah. the, the kid and the adult who needs an adult. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say the kid counts about as much as Fix It, so that's like one. Yeah. Grimlock being Grimlock cancels out how useful Grimlock could be, yes. and then Denny and Strongarm cancel each other out. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, so back at the base, they have a visitor. It's a Decepticon. His name is Overload. Sadly, not Overlord. No. But <laughs> talk about things getting dark. Though. He's getting almost as theatrical, dark. though. Yes. Yeah. 
his his shtick is apparently that he is a thespian. Uh, he was also a actor on Cybertron and uh, in wartime, functionally, that served as a spy. Hmm. And he is angry at Prime because Prime, you know, exposed him as as a spy and ruined his career, <laughs> which I guess, okay. Uh, he's very concerned about not getting his face hurt. Yeah, but the rest of him is heavily armored, so none of their weapons do anything to him. So he doesn't have any kind of animal thing going on. No, well... It, I guess his... Fracture, who was the last really heavily Minicon-related Decepticon, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he didn't either, no. Well, uh, Overload's basic body is like the, the headless drone troopers Prime fought in the magic mystical Allspark realm. Mm-hmm. But with an actual head. Yeah, with an actual head. But he's... I mean, he is getting a toy. Yep. Uh, he, it is it is a buy-me moment. Uh, is so I getting a toy or did he already get one? He... It might be out already, but it's it's coming. He comes with minicons. He's one of the whatever the size that fracture was that had the minicon frame. Deployer. Yeah. Yes, deployer size. Uh, so yeah, he's he comes in and and has some buy me moments. I mean, I I presume that's going to be, you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of ends in a way that suggests we will be seeing him again pretty much immediately. Yeah. Uh, so he shows up. He fights with people. It's a battle. Most Meanwhile... Be, and they seem to have history with one another. Yes. Yeah, there was Meanwhile, a line like Bumblebee was injured when Prime was originally fighting Overload. Is he the one that took Bumblebee's voice? That Possibly? seems to be what they're implying. I mean, they didn't say it explicitly, but that seems to be what they're implying. Yeah. Oh, God. Imagine losing your voice because of Calculon. <laughs> yeah, he, he is pretty much just Calculon, as evidenced right. by the TF Wiki using Calculon lines on his page. <laughs> yes, it's pretty great. Good job, TF Wiki. Yes, very good job. Uh, but yeah, it's it's implied that he's the one who uh, fought Bumblebee and messed up his voice box. So I guess we don't need that Bumblebee movie after all. <laughs> we have our answers. Let's let's pack up and go home. Oh, yeah. Let's not give uh, Michael Bay... I guess that one's not going to be Michael Bay no. or something. I don't uh, know. In the fighting, Overload breaks one, uh, two of the capsules that had two, the two fresh new toy Minicons in it who escape and start making Frank Welker animal noises. Yes! <laughs> they so great. They, it, you know, it's nice that they're not making... Because, I mean, clearly the thing with Armada Minicons was that they didn't want to have to pay all those extra voice actors. Yeah. I mean, Armada was always a very budget-conscious show. Yeah. They were ambitious, but they didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. This, they're they're very much making sort of intelligent critter sounds, but they're actually voice acted. Yeah. So they're... Whoever they are, some someone else in the cast, just make some noises. Yes. Also, in bet- during the fight, there is a a uh, a moment where they go back to the Arctic for a moment, and we see the Decepticon they're fighting there, who really just looks like a battle beast. I yeah, he looks like a polar bear. I I think he might actually just be a like a remold of the model of Steeljaw. Maybe. The chest is similar anyway. 
Yeah, he's got just, I mean, he's pretty much just white and grays and, you know, very monochrome. And he's uh, never getting a toy like Decepticon cast. And he's got, you know, a very mechanical body, but then he's just got this very animal head. And I just thought, Battle Beast! Yeah. Uh, but yes, so more interestingly, there are these great little mini-cons skittering about and making great sort of sounds that you would expect things that skitter to make. Yeah, they, they just scramble about, sound like angry Jawas or something, and then, and they turn into Bakugan, or balls. Yes, they they are very Bakugan-esque. Uh, but they do, uh, I, I did notice when they skitter off, like, over the fence and out of the the uh, junkyard, I think they got their own, like, goofy little music. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot about that. It's, it's such an adorable little music cue. That was, like, my favorite moment in the episode. It was it was pretty great. Uh, doesn't, I, I think I read somewhere that the person, the guy who does the music for Robots in Disguise was, like, in the B-52s. Oh, Huh. I, I'd have to double check that, but yeah. So <laughs> they have a good music guy. Hmm. Uh, but yes, we find out that the Minicons' names are Ransack and Backtrack. Yay. <laughs> and so uh, Overload gets away, runs off. I guess he discovers Prime isn't actually here. So he's like, eh. So he, he leaves. Oh, he, he decides that... Basically, Prime's greatest weakness is caring about the fates of what he calls bit players. Uh, so he's convinced that the best way to get Prime to show up, which admittedly is is fair, and I don't think he's... Actually, yeah, come to think of it, like, back in the G2 Marvel comics, Bludgeon did the same thing, except he just blew up San Francisco to get Prime <laughs> to show up. So it's it's... It's a tried and true way to flush Prime yeah. out, is to harm humans or civilians or innocent life of some way, to some degree. Uh, may- maybe you just hassle them a bit, maybe you nuke one of their major cities. It is pretty standard supervillain fare. Yeah. Though, I mean, little does he know, Prime is stuck in the Arctic with no way home just yet. So, oops. Uh, so, yes, he... Uh, he starts heading to the city, and then he sees uh, Ransack and Backtrack just, like, tearing up a forest. And their little ball modes just, you know, panging about, knocking things down. And he calls them small doers of great destruction. <laughs> and, and he invites them to, to come help, help him, and they have a, a small chirpy discussion about it. And then they fit into his conveniently shaped and sized arm pods and he cackles off into the distance heading for the city oh no the end that's it that's the episode cliffhanger yeah wake up next saturday drag yourself (laughs) drag your poor hungover ass out of bed next saturday for the next episode of robots in disguise oh are they putting the episodes online i think they did that last week oh that's a good question Unlike the Cartoon Network website or some, maybe. I don't know. You got to log into that. And... Oh yeah, yeah. I can't be bothered really. So yes, uh, I assume next episode will be same time, same place. Yeah, continue overload story. He gets a two-parter. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, well, you know, he's like what a twenty-dollar, twenty-five-dollar toy. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, it's basically like, hey, here's a depth charge. Let's give him two episodes. Yeah. Show off how good he is and how huge he is. I mean, it's not bad, and I definitely like the minicons in this show. Um, yeah. I mean, I always conceptually liked the minicons. I thought that the Armada show pretty much completely wasted them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they're a great gimmick. I don't actually have any minicons from Rit yet, because yeah. all I have is... Strong arm, Grimlock, and Steel Jaw. Yeah. All I have is strong arm. Yeah. All I have is strong arm and Steel Jaw. But uh, but yeah, I mean they're they're really cute. So. And these I'm looking new forward ones. to a toy that convinces me I should get some. Yes. Yeah, Overload might be it. Plus now they're making Minicon Weapon dudes, so yes. that's more tempting. There's the the Prime who I guess maybe ends up in Arctic Colors. Maybe next episode we'll get to be convinced to buy his toy. Yeah, because there was a convenient little military base at the bottom of the hill, which presumably there will be an avalanche falling on next episode. <laughs> and then he gets to hang out with Eagle Breast. I'm yeah. Sure it's not Eagle Breast. Sadly. Totally redeco himself as Cybertron's greatest hero, Thunderclash. Ah, so good. So good. With only half as many colors, though. Yeah, if that. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's that's about all there was to the episode. Any any overall thoughts on it? I think I liked it better than the first episode of last season. So I didn't really ever get into last season. I missed some episodes here and there and I didn't really care. Yeah, and it was an easy it's an easy show to miss episodes of. Yeah. Good, good. I might go back and watch the ones I've missed. I might not. Yeah. At least watch like what is it, the last two that are where Megatronus shows up. <laughs> And then he takes off his mask, and damn, he's hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems to be a running trend with the Decepticons in this series. Yeah. Uh, quite a few of them, I guess. The ones who yeah. have, like, humanoid faces. Yeah, the, the ones that aren't a giant monster snake face, or what... Well, I guess the, the shadow-hiding one didn't even have a face. <laughs> the ones with humanoid and or wolf faces. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that's about all we've got this week. It's, it's a slow week. Maybe there'll be more. Maybe there'll actually be comic books next week. And yep. Actually, there next week. At there least should one be... issue 50 next week. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. There should be a lot of comic books next week. Oh, what? One of each? A lot of. At uh... least two. The more the meets the eye and not robots in disguise. Yeah. I think those of actually, yeah, I guess. Uh, oh right, and there is the, the new Robots in Disguise comic. Is anybody reading the the, the cartoon tie-in comic? I read a few of them. They were really, it was really good. Not, I mean, it was really, it was cute. I, I read it was the enjoyable free comic book day one, I think, or it was the first. Was it? It was either the first issue or the free comic book day one. I think. Mhm. It was okay. It, I'm pretty sure it's been canceled now. Which is sad. The show was almost canceled. The art was nice. Yeah, it had really good art. Uh, Priscilla Tremano? I think that's how you say her. But yeah, uh, yeah, it had really fun. It was a really fun little comic. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, serious business kind of good, like, more than meets the eye, but it was good. It was enjoyable. It was enjoyable cartoon tie-in good. Yes. Way better than the old Dreamwave cartoon tie-ins. Oh my god. (laughs) You say that, they were probably the best ones Dreamwave did. I, I, <laughs> they definitely were, because I have like a couple I, issues, and it was like, eh, it's okay. I like 
liked some of the stuff in the Armada comic. I wrote fanfic based on the Armada comic. Yeah. Like, one story. <laughs> Exciting. And it didn't suffer the issue of having no budget and no time to do localization like the cartoon did, so. Though yeah. so it did suffer from Pat Lee coming along and being like, hey, you should put some G1 stuff in it. Hey, draw and you should totally make it look like how I draw. Draw Megatron <laughs> hip-thrusting towards a sword. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that wasn't great. But other than that, it was all right. I, I would say that the Robots in Disguise cartoon comic was better than that. Yes. So a different kind of better. Yeah. Less serious. So, yeah, I suppose that's it for this week. Yep. And something to look forward to for next week, so tune in then. Yes. Oh, yes. Very much this week. Probably won't be covering every episode from now on. We'll just little, hey, we like this episode. Yeah, just a little. If if it's a comic week, I think we'll definitely be uh, just uh, giving some thoughts on the episode rather than a full recap. Yeah, if it's another episode like this one where there's no news. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no comic. We're just filling for time, filling for time. (laughs) Yep. So people can hear our wonderful voices. Well, until next week, when you will have plenty of our wonderful voices to hear, this is Jen. And Alex. And David. Yay, we did a podcast. There was full art of Brainstorm in his toy that was flipped. Oh, that art. It's nice to have art that's fully drawn again. Mm-hmm. Big detail things. I, I miss the G1 giant background with a bunch of dudes. Oh, uh, the murals were great. Yeah. So we have pictures of toys we've seen before, including Brainstorm. Yay. Uh... There's pictures of machine robo figures. Yay, GoBots! <laughs> Speaking of out of print anime. Yeah.